الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين ما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وإن عليكم لحافظين كراما كاتبين يعلمون ما تفعلون صدق الله العالي العظيم My dear respected most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by humbly thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique and wonderful opportunity to congregate in His house, to worship Him, to glorify Him, and ultimately to send salutations upon His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we pray that Allah Azza wa Jal will continue to facilitate such amazing opportunities for us in the future, insha'Allah. Last week we spoke about uh, the legacy of uh, Imam Hussain, the grandson of the Prophet وسلم, who in this month, in the month of Muharram, was martyred, uh, who, an individual who stood up to injustice and oppression, an individual who was upright uh, and honored to such an extent that throughout history uh, his example has often been used or shared when speaking about justice and equality. And it's imperative that we remember such individuals and we learn from them. It's, it's easy narrating stories and talking about events that took place in the past and marveling of the amazing feats that the people of the past accomplished, it's easy to do that, and we do that often. But the difficult thing for us to do is to take their stories and apply them to our own lives, or take their courage and their bravery, their honor and their dignity, and use some of that in our own lives. And this is something that I wanted to talk about today, because another, uh, this week, I was, I was dealing with, with a conflict. And uh, as we often do, we all get into com conflicting situations. And I, uh, I read somewhere that um, the, and, and it makes complete sense that any conflicting situation, the vast majority of conflicts are as a result of, some, uh, of, of somebody saying something that another individual didn't approve of or didn't like. So basically what, what, that, was, what that individual was saying, that the vast majority of conflicts that are created or brought about are brought about because of this, our tongue. It's our tongue that gets us into conflict more so than anything else. You see, usually when you see a fight taking place somewhere, or you see a fight or a brawl break out in the middle of the street. It's not because two people suddenly looked at each other and realized that they wanted to have a fight. Or realized that they wanted to hurt each other. It started off, it was brewing elsewhere. It started off elsewhere with something else. Maybe a word that was said. Maybe an argument that first took place. And then it resulted in that conflict leading to fisticuffs and somebody potentially getting hurt or injured. 
So it's our tongue that usually tends to get us into trouble. However, we can look at it, there's two sides to that coin. It's our tongue that can get us into conflict, and it's our tongue too that can get us out of conflict. It depends on the way we use it. This is why the Prophet ﷺ told us on many occasions, whoever can guarantee me that which is that, whoever can guarantee me that which is between his, his lips and between his legs, I can guarantee that individual Jannah. As in, whoever can protect his tongue and protect his private parts from committing or doing immodest acts, I guarantee that individual Jannah. This is a. Guarantee that individual. I, uh, whoever guarantees me that, I will assure them that they will be granted Jannah. It's this that can lead us into that can lead us into trouble and the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam you know when we look at the uh, and and it's, this is a friday sermon when we look at the friday sermons of the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and when we read about him there there's a particular ayah that the prophet alaihi salatu wasallam would 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 often start his khutbah the ayah of the quran is ya ayyuhalladhina amanu taqullaha Ya sadida. He would say that, O oh, you who believe, fear Allah, have taqwa of Allah, and always speak a straightforward word. As in, always speak rightly, always speak justly. Speak in a manner that will, uh, will enlighten others and inspire others as opposed to. Uh, causing a conflict with other individuals. And this is a verse of the Quran that the Prophet ﷺ would often use in his Friday khutbahs. Imam Muslim, he narrates a hadith from the Prophet ﷺ in his Sahih, is reported by Sayyidina Abu Huraira. The Prophet ﷺ gave the best possible advice to any individual. Best possible advice to all of us. He said, Man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir. Whoever believes in Allah and believes sincerely in the last day, falyakul khayran awliyasmut. A simple advice. Either he should speak good or he should remain silent. If we have something good to say, then say it. Speak khayr. If you realize and you know that what you're saying isn't khair, then just stay silent. You see, nobody has ever regretted their silence. Think back to all the conflicts that you've gotten into. All of the debates and arguments and fights that you've gotten into in the past. Did you ever regret staying silent? No. You've, when you look back at them, you regret saying something or saying something that led to an argument. Usually that's what we regret. We don't regret, oh, well, you know what? When that person was, was going off on me, I should have said something. No, you don't regret that because that would only have escalated the situation. Usually we tend to look back and say, you know what? I, I shouldn't have said that because I said that and then he said that and we said that and then we all got into this fight. 
So that's why it's imperative that we use our tongue. You see, it can, like I said, there's two sides to that coin. We can use it both ways. The thing that gets us more closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in proximity is our tongue. The, the, there were great awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the past. The great friends of Allah in the past. They will say that it was our tongue that led us to Allah. It was our tongue that got, got us closer to Allah. How? They will spend the entirety of their day and the entirety of their night in litany, in dhikr, in the remembrance of Allah. They would say, it is only with the remembrance of Allah that our hearts are satisfied. And they will remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You see, that, that's the two sides of that coin. It was recitation of the Quran. Kira'atul Quran is with your tongue. Speaking good. Narrating the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. These kind of things can draw you closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whereas arguing with others, saying or using foul language, using abusive language, swearing, abusing, backbiting. All of these things can take place with the tongue and they're words that you can't take. Like it's one of those things that, you know, um, uh, when something leaves your mouth, it's not, you can't take it back. It's gone, it's out there. It's imperative that we understand that. There was a hadith of the Prophet wasallam that I wanted to mention uh, with regards to uh, the importance of, of remaining firm on our faith and how important it is to control our tongue and how important that is to remaining steadfast in our faith. Uh, in our faith. The Prophet wasallam once a man came to him and he said, Ya Rasulullah, he said, O Messenger of Allah, hadithni bi amrin a'tasimu bih. Inform me about a matter that I may hold steadfast on, that I can hold firm to. As in, inform me of a matter that is extremely important and something that I can, uh, I can learn from, I need. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, Say my Lord is Allah, thummastaqim. And then remain steadfast on that. As in, so remain steadfast on the faith that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has provided for you. And then uh, he, this individual, then he asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi said, Ya Rasulullah, ma ma alayhi. Is there anything, is there something that you fear from me the most? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa nafsihi thumma qal, hadha. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi he took hold of his tongue, took hold of it between, between his two fingers and he said, hadha, this. This is what I fear from you the most. And this wasn't uh, uh, an individual uh, advice for that particular Sahabi. This was a general nasiha for all of us. The Prophet wasn't saying that I fear this from you, O companion of mine. He was saying, I fear this from my ummah. That this is something that they won't uh, control. And he held his tongue. The Prophet was the greatest example of how to respond and how, how best to utilize this ni'mah. Because it, indeed, it is a ni'mah, isn't it? It's a blessing. Think about those individuals out there who are unable to speak. They're unable to communicate. How difficult it is for them. 
I'll give you, I remember from a young age, I was very young at the time, probably um, six, or, six or seven years old. And, and some of my earliest memories that I have are of my, 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 my maternal grandmother, uh, my, my mother's mother, who suffered a stroke to about five or six years before she passed away. And the stroke, it, it left her uh, unable to, to, to speak or to communicate. And uh, partially, uh, a side of her body was, was partially um, uh, uh, disabled. And the worst part for her was that she was unable to speak. And I remember, you know, there used to be sometimes hours that my mother would be sitting there and my sisters and my grandmother was trying to explain something and, and trying to talk about something with my mother and pointing at different things and, and so forth. And my mother just saying things out, waiting for my grandmother to, to nod her head. And I remember clearly, explicitly, how infuriated it was making my grandmother that she, and, she, and she was crying at the same time that I cannot get my message across. You know, it was a simple message that she would, and it took her two hours to get that message across because she was unable to, to convey it. So these kind of things that these ni'am, these blessings that we take for granted. You know, there, there was brothers here who came to an event that we were holding in this masjid and these brothers were deaf. And, and, and when they, uh, we had, we had one, one of the great reciters of, of today, Sheikh uh, Yasser Abdul Basit, the son of, of the great uh, Qadi Abdul Basit Abdul Samad, who came into this masjid to recite the Quran. And they were crying, these individuals, that they were unable to hear it. They were unable to hear it. They were crying. Yes, you, you know, you can translate to us, the, uh, sorry, you can convey to us through sign language the translation, but there's something special about listening to the verses of the Quran because they had read of the impact that hearing verses of the Quran had upon those individuals in the Quraysh. It brought people to Islam. It changed people's lives. They wanted to experience that too, yet they were unable. They were crying. So these are, these are gifts and uh, ni'am, blessings, that me and you often take for granted. And that's why it's important that the, these blessings that we do have, we utilize them in the proper way. Our hearing, we utilize it in the proper way to listen to things that are pleasing to Allah and His Messenger When we speak, we speak like the Prophet said, that you speak, and you speak fairly, you speak justly, you speak khair. Or you stay silent, and you don't say anything at all. When we look at the companions and the lives of the companions, that's, a, that's the Prophet of Allah, of course. He's only ever going to speak khair. Because the Prophet is that individual about whom the Quran says, And certainly you have the best of moral char uh, character. You have the best of moral standards. What about the companions? Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas ta'ala and he, he reports and he says this himself. He says that I once saw a man who was holding the tip of his tongue 
and he was then berating his tongue. He was talking to his own tongue and says, woe to you, woe be to you. I'm ordering you to speak only that which is good and be silent from speaking evil because that's the only thing that can keep me safe. He's berating his own tongue. He's talking to his own tongue. Speak only the truth. Speak only that which is good. And stay away from speaking evil because evil is what's going to get me into trouble. And said, a man asked, another individual asked him, said, what's the matter with you? Why are you holding your tongue and, and saying these words? And he replied that it has reached me that the servant of Allah will not be as angry with anything on the day of judgment as much as he will be angry at his own tongue. That's what we're going to regret. Like, just like we regret our words here. On Yom Al-Qiyamah, we're going, we're going to be most angry at our tongue more than any other body part of ours. This is why the Prophet said, whoever can guarantee me it, as in whoever can guarantee that he won't do anything evil with it, he won't speak anything evil with it, he won't backbite, he won't swear, he won't abuse using his tongue. And he will only utilize his tongue for good works, for good deeds, I guarantee that individual Jannah. Sayyidina Umar ibn Khattab radiallahu ta'ala and a man who was known for speaking the truth. This is an individual who is, who has been given the title of Farooq. The one who distinguishes between that which is right and wrong. He once entered upon Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala and as siddiq And he found Sayyidina Abu Bakr. He saw Sayyidina Abu Bakr, he was pulling at his tongue. And Sayyidina Umar thought that he's trying to pull his tongue out of his own mouth. And Sayyidina Umar said, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And Sayyidina Abu Bakr radiallahu ta'ala, and he replied, this is, this is, bear in mind that Sayyidina Abu Bakr is that companion who is known as the best of Allah's creation after the Anbiya. The best of Allah's creation after the Anbiya. It's reported that after all of the Anbiya have entered into Jannah, the first Ummah, the first nation of any Prophet that will be given admittance into Jannah will be the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And the first among the Ummah of Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam who will have the honor of entering into Jannah will be Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu ta'ala. This is that companion. And Sayyidina Umar sees him, he's trying to pull out his own tongue. And Sayyidina Umar asks him, Why you, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? And he grabs hold of his tongue and he says to Umar, Ya Umar, it's this, this tongue that has brought me the most trouble. <coughs> this is what's given me the most trouble. And he was, it was as if he was trying to pull it out, out of his own mouth. This was the level, and this was the level of taqwa. And ultimately, it's, it's a part of taqwa, isn't it? God consciousness. We're only going to, you see, without God, there's no rules. You know what's Alistair Crowley, the, the, the sa Satanist, or the famous Satanist, infamous Satanist, what's his main motto? Do what thou wilt. She means do whatever you want. There's no God. Do whatever you want. Our belief in taqwa and God consciousness, taqwa is, doesn't just mean fear of Allah. It's mean being conscious that there's an Allah. Being conscious when we do something wrong, 
That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there to, to, is watching that, is aware of that. When you do something right, you're aware that you're doing it for the sake of Allah and He's going to reward you <coughs> accordingly. And that's why it's imperative that this, we understand that this is part of taqwa, controlling our tongue, controlling our speech, saying those things that are pleasing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. Imam al-Hassan al-Basri, one of the most wisest from among the tabi'een and, uh, and from among the Salaf of Salihin in general, he once said that an intelligent person's tongue is behind his heart, not in his mouth. An intelligent person's tongue is behind his heart. When he wants to speak, when he wants to speak, he first thinks. If his words are in his favor, then he will say them. And if they will be against him, if they're not in his favor, he does not speak and he remains silent. And that truly is a sign of intelligence. Even now, this Western idea of intelligence, you'll see that those individuals who are able, uh, uh, people who have a high IQ, will tend not to get into conflict with their tongue, as in they will know what to say and the right time to say it. It's a sign of intelligence. And this is something we have to teach our children from a young age. Literally from, from, from when they can talk, we teach them what to say and how to say it because it's, it's incredibly important in our tradition to control it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us two, uh, two gates or, or, or two locks, so to speak. Our lips and our teeth. Our lips and our teeth. Keep them closed when you need to keep them closed. Only open them when you need to open them. He's given us, this is a chance that has been given to us to control our speech and, and, and to, to u- utilize our tongue for the right things. Imam al-Shafi'i, rahimahullah uh, ta'ala, he would say that be aware of your tongue. It's je- dangerous. It's like a snake and so many people have been killed by their tongues or as a result of it. You know, so it's in- in- incredibly important that we understand this. Uh, like I mentioned right at the beginning, there's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi Whoever can guarantee me that which is between his, his lips and that which is between his legs, I can guarantee that individual jannah. As in whoever can protect his tongue and protect his chastity and morality, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will guarantee, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi states, Allah will guarantee that individual jannah. <coughs> The Prophet ﷺ, in another hadith, he was asked about the people who will be entered into Jannah the most. The companions were always asking the Prophet ﷺ, what is the action that will take us into Jannah? Or what is, who, is the, who are those individuals who are the best from among us, for example? Or who are those individuals who will be admitted into Jannah first? Because they wanted to know those things. They wanted to know what, 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 what are those actions that can take him into Jannah? And the Prophet ﷺ said, regarding that action which will take them into Jannah the most is taqwa Allah wa husnul khuluq the piety of, of, of Allah, the God consciousness of Allah wa husnul khuluq and good character that's what will take the most amount of pe- people or the most number of people into Jannah and then uh, uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa he was asked an akthari ma yudkhilun nas an nar what's that thing or that action 
that will take the majority of people into, into the hellfire, or will draw them towards Jahannam. And the Prophet said, Al-Famu Al-Farj. The mouth and the private parts. That's why it's going to take the majority of people into Jannah, or is going to destroy their good deeds on that day. So it's imperative that we're mindful of the things that come out of our mouths. Uh, because the things that we say today are not, they don't have an impact now. Sometimes you will say certain things and we won't see the ramifications of, of what we have said today. But on Yom Al-Qiyamah, we will see the ramifications of all of our actions. Everything will be laid bare. Everything that you said about somebody else in the privacy of your own home. All of those things that you laughed about behind somebody else's back, they will be made clear on Yom Al-Qiyamah. Every time you sat in your own homes, comfortable in the knowledge or blissfully ignorant of your words and you were speaking against somebody else, thinking that that individual can't hear you, you forgot the most important thing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears you. And he hears everything. He knows everything. And on Yom Al-Qiyamah, he will not forget. That will be laid bare. And on that day, we're going to be most shameful because the truth is that when we speak against other people and when we speak, I would say, in an evil manner, when we disrespect others, when we dishonor others, when we rip away the dignity of other individuals, we do so not thinking about the consequences of our actions. And we do so in the knowledge that this, in, this is not going to reach them. This is, this is something that they're never going to hear about. But on Yom Al-Qiyamah, and it's going to be embarrassing when all of that is laid bare and everything is made clear. And there's no way, well, you know, something, once something leaves your mouth, it's, like I said, it's impossible for you to take it back. Imam Bukhari, he's related a hadith from the Prophet sallallahu where the Prophet said, a slave of Allah may utter a word carelessly which displeases Allah without thinking of its gravity. And because of that, the Prophet said, just because of that, because he didn't take care about what he was saying and he was careless, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will have that individual thrown into Jahannam, will have that individual thrown into the fire because he wasn't careful. He was careless in his speech. And I haven't even spoken about backbiting yet. We have a few minutes left. A minute, I think. One of the worst sins that we commit, the sin about which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Quran, it's like eating the lahm, the meat of your brother. That's what it's like. How often do we do that? It's among, and you know what? Nowadays, we don't even regard it as a major, it's, a, it's from among the kabair. It's from among the major sins, backbiting about others. We don't even regard it as a minor sin. We brush it aside constantly. To, oh, well, you know, and then the worst part about it is I, I, I've heard people who backbite against others. And you know what they will say? Oh, it's not backbiting if you, if you, if you can say this to that individual's face. I can say it to his face. No, you're terribly mistaken about what backbiting is. Backbiting is that which if you were to say it to an individual directly, 
that individual would then be displeased or upset about what you have said. That's regarded as backbiting. So if I talk to Brother Saqib over here about a third individual, and if that speech or if that thing that I've said to Brother Saqib, if I say that to that individual directly to him, and that was to upset him, embarrass him, hurt him, harm him, then that would be regarded as backbiting. So it doesn't matter whether I am willing to say it to that individual's face, no. Anything that displeases that individual, hurts or harms them, that's regarded as backbiting. And backbiting is like eating the flesh of your dead brother. That's how it's termed in the Quran. So it's imperative that we, we avoid man salim al-muslimun and I'll leave you with this. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said man salim al-muslimun min lisanihi man salim al-muslimun min lisanihi wa yadih that uh, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was asked in fact qalu ya rasulullah ayyul islam after that which islam is the best islam which islam is the best islam for us to follow and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said man salim al-muslimun min lisanihi wa yadih those individuals who, from whose hand and tongue other Muslims are safe. They're the best of people. That's the best Islam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us among those individuals who control our tongues, who control our speech. May he make us from among those individuals who utilize our tongue for good, remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, doing the litany uh, of, 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 of our pious predecessors, sending salawat upon the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant me and you Tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa akhirul ta'amana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.